0: What's up, people? This is another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. We got a lot to get to, especially with the National Football League. You know, I got my gut check picks, But also, my gut was rumbling a little bit, trying to figure out not so much what side of the fence I'm on about Aaron Rodgers. You know what side of the fence I'm on. But a new development. Like, uh, are we good on that? Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He wrote an op ed about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has apologized, but then also backed off of that apology criticizing the quote-unquote woke mob. We got a lot to get to with that. We got Thursday night football as I kick off my gut check picks. I will talk about tonight's game and the weekend and Monday. I always, always get destroyed with my Thursday night picks. That's my one, I would say, weakness. My one weakness And in the National Basketball Association, what is up with my Washington Wizards? I just can't believe it. I mean, that is basically a new team. A brand new team. And they are in first place as at the time that I am recording this. And I can't believe my hometown team is in first place. I just can't. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. And we'll also talk about what else is going on in National Basketball Association as we look at uh, surprises, who's headed in the wrong direction. We will, we will talk about Robert Sarver's wife, Penny Sarver. What in the world is going on there? We're talking about some threats. Threatening ex-son's employees? That can't be good. That cannot be good. All right, but we're gonna start with Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has uh, been in the news for the wrong reasons lately. We know that. We know that Aaron Rodgers lied about uh being vaccinated we know that the packers and the NFL pretty much went along with it don't tell me they didn't cuz we know all through the preseason the regular season no one ever corrected the facts. Aaron Rodgers said, I'm immunized, and there was nothing that came out from the NFL or the Packers that said otherwise. So they're all at fault. And if you don't know that it is true that they're all at fault, all you have to look at is the Dallas Cowboys' rod receiver, C.D. Lamb. Why C.D. Lamb? Well, let's see. C.D. Lamb has been fined multiple times for having his jersey untucked. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And there have been several articles about it, but the one, and, you know, tweets, tweets, the one I like is from Chris Sims, former NFL quarterback. CD Lamb, this is from Chris Sims. CD Lamb was fined 20K for having his jersey untucked last week. Aaron Rodgers was fined 14K for ignoring COVID protocols all season. I get the enforcement rules are different, but it just looks bad and doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. But then it does. Because you cannot find Aaron Rodgers for something you were a culprit to for everyone out there paying attention to what's going on. Whether you're Aaron Rodgers' personal lawyers or the NFLPA, it's crazy. And look, C.D. Lamb, he was asked about it. He said, quote, you know, they asked, are you annoyed by it? He said, quote, annoy me? Nah, Confuse me a lot, very much so, yes. I just don't understand why I'm always the one getting fined for some reason. Untucked jersey, socks too low. I don't know, bro, I don't know. So he's mostly you know, talking about the uniform issues. But the fact that he can get fined for not having socks put on properly in a jersey untucked more than a player can get fined For potentially infecting thousands of people with COVID. Because the NFL knows that they're at fault here too. That's why. And that's my opinion. And I'm entitled to it. Just like you're entitled to your opinion. Could you imagine the contact tracing that the NFL would have to go through. To find out how much and if not so much that Aaron Rodgers was a carrier of COVID, but just how many people he was around without wearing a mask, knowing he was unvaccinated, and the NFL and Green Bay Packers said nothing. Everybody's liable in this situation. And that's why he got such a low fine. I think the NFL could have said, hey, we're gonna fine you a million dollars, $500,000 for doing this. I think if they had done that and then the NFLPA is gonna, you know, appeal it and it comes down from there, that would in my mind be what I think people would not have so much outrage over about CeeDee Lamb. But when the NFL and the team, the Green Bay Packers are also at fault and culpable in this entire cover-up. That's why it's like, okay, we got to take it easy on Aaron Rodgers because we don't want him to come back and bite back at us because I would too if I'm Aaron Rodgers. I don't agree with Aaron Rodgers with what he did, but I too would say, wait a minute, you let me do this. You were telling me it was okay. That's my thoughts on it. That's my thoughts on it. I'd be curious if Aaron Rodgers is going to play this upcoming week and how it's going to be different. There was the article by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and some people agree with it, some people don't. My thing about the article isn't so much the op- opinion. I get that there are people who may not agree with Kareem Abdul Jabbar's opinion, but there's a lot of facts. There are a lot of facts about Aaron Rodgers going massless during in-person press conferences, which violates NFL rules. Aaron Rodgers not really consulting with any immunologists and looking at Joe Rogan. Rodgers misquoting the CDC's website about vaccines because he claims he has an allergy he might have an allergic reaction to the vaccine, but Rogers never said he had an allergic reaction. So the when you read the article, and you can continue on with more and more about the vaccine, in the stats, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talked about the image of professional athletes. And I find that very interesting. This one study said, according to a Kaiser Family Foundation study, children 10 to 17 years, years old admire famous athletes second at 73%, only to their parents at 92%. I remember Charles Barkley saying, I'm not a role model. Yes, athletes are role models. People look up to them. And that includes Aaron Rodgers. And not saying that it's unfair to say, well, he's a role model. He's a role model for someone who doesn't believe in the vaccine. I'm okay with that. Not okay with the lying. That's what you have to continue to remember. For anybody listening to this, it's like, well, no, that's not right. You can't be one way or the other. It's the lying. It's the lying that you were immunized. That's what we're harping at here. Not the vaccine or whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. It's the lying. He talked about trying to build up his natural immunity. Aaron Rodgers did. And that's what he was trying to do. But according to a University of Michigan microbiologist, Ariangela Kozik explained that achieving natural immunity through these homeopathic methods is a non-starter because vaccines inform our immune system what the virus looks like so the body can build its own protection. The vaccine is to put something in your system to fight COVID. The fact that Rogers went on the Pat McAfee show and said that a league doctor told him, "quote It would be impossible for a vaccinated person to catch or spread COVID." End quote. And the NFL said, "No, we we don't have any of our doctors that said that." Again, the lying. The lying is the problem. Rogers again said, quote, this idea that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated is just a total lie. If the vaccine is so great, then how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID and unfortunately dying of COVID? And as Kareem pointed out, it makes no sense. He makes no sense. The stats show 97% of those being hospitalized or who have died in the past several months are unvaccinated. The CDC also found that the unvaccinated are 11 times more likely to die than those vaccinated. People who are getting sick, the breakthrough cases of vaccinated people getting COVID still comes and originates from the unvaccinated. All of this talk of, oh, I'm allergic to the ingredients, as I mentioned before. 21 out of 2 million vaccinated people have had severe allergic reactions. And then he wants to get on the woke mob, cancel culture. You're a liar and you make no sense, Aaron Rodgers. So don't try to use woke mob and cancel culture as a reason for you to pretend that, oh, they're piling on. They're piling on me. There are a lot of people that are vaccinated. And if you want to call a woke mob, a bunch of them are Packers fans. I could go on and on. I don't think he should be playing. And he probably will. Even though I could see a scenario where he should be suspended. He should be suspended. In other news, Cam Newton is back in the National Football League. And guess what he did to get back? He got vaccinated. The former MVP has signed again with the Carolina Panthers and boy could the Carolina Panthers use him. I will get more into the signing of Cam Newton as that was breaking news as I was recording this pod. And I'm really excited by it because it's really gonna make my gut check picks maybe a little bit tougher, maybe a little bit tougher. All right, let's go to the National Basketball Association. Then I'll come back to my gut check picks and my Thursday pick. What is going on in the National Basketball Association. You look at the standings, it's like, wait a minute, the Wizards are in first place? Wow, that got me excited. My home team being in first place. But they aren't the only team that's doing well. Or doing the Chicago Bulls are doing well. The Cleveland Cavs are overachieving. I mean, what? What, really? We are, I wouldn't call it weird times, but I do wonder if we are at a point where we may see some new teams rise up. That's all I'm saying. Can the Wizards hold on? They just beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Another team, a surprise team at 7-5. and five. If the playoffs started today, you'd have the Wizards, Bulls, Nets, Sixers, Heat, Cavs. Boston Celtics, Hawks would be out. Play-in tournament would be Knicks, Bucks, Raptors, Hornets. In the Western Conference, you had the Golden State Warriors, are 10-1. Now, granted, their strength of schedule, if you look at the teams that they've played, it's ranked 29th in the league. So they aren't playing the best teams, but they're taking advantage of who's on their schedule. You play who's in front of you, that's it. They don't even have Klay Thompson back. They just lost Draymond Green, so we'll see what happens there. But in the Western Conference, it's a little bit more what you expected it to be like. The Warriors, Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Mavericks, and Clippers hold the top six spots. Lakers, Grizzlies, Kings, and Trailblazers would be in the play-in tournament. And then on the outs, Thunder, Spurs, Timberwolves, Rockets, and Pelicans. Uh, That's about where I expected it to be. But it's this Eastern Conference that's completely different. I mean, when you look, let's start with the Wizards. The Wizards turn Russell Westbrook. He played one season with the Wizards. He goes to the Lakers. They bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Contavious caldwell pope and Montrezl Harrell. Wes Unsell Jr., boy, that is turning into one of the best feel-good stories of the year, especially with the loss of, rest in peace, his father Wes Unseld, who I had the pleasure of interviewing multiple times and getting to know him, not just as a player, but the person when I visited him in Baltimore in his school. Wes Unsell Jr. has done an excellent job. And you got Kyle Kuzma, who was a talk of so many trades when he was with the Lakers. Teams wanted him. You've turned Westbrook, who was more of a, he was a star, but I feel like in many ways maybe ended up being more of a distraction than he was in terms of a contributor for that team. But you got Kuzma averaging almost 15 points. Harold at 18 points, almost 10 rebounds. Kuzma's also uh, just over nine rebounds. KCP is shooting it from three. They look good. And so do the Bulls. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. What a tandem you got there. Both what? I think they're both in the top five in scoring. You got Nikola Vucevic at center, who I think was a real sleeper there a real sleeper there. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, six, Zach Levine, seventh, averaging 26 points per game each. Well, 25.9 if you want to get specific with Zach Levine. But this Chicago Bulls roster, similar to the Wizards in many ways, granted Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, in my mind, are more uh, superstars, if you will, all-star players but you got Lonzo Ball at the point guard shout out to Troy Brown Jr former Washington Wizard Alice Caruso some championship Lakers experience They're a good team that's a really good team and if they can hold on and as I said at the beginning of the season, if you put your money down on those two teams to possibly win their conference or division, excuse me, it's possible that these two teams can hold on to their rankings. The Bulls have a little bit more defense, so I feel like theirs may have a better chance of holding on to a top spot that you didn't expect, but the Bulls are there. The Bulls are there. The Lakers. I don't know about the Lakers. They're seven and five. So they're in a good spot now, but they're an old team. And as I think about where they are, the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, I'm just like, keep an eye on them with the age of some of their key players. The Bucks are dealing with injuries. I expect them to work their way up back to the top. I mean, technically they're only 500, so it's not like they're struggling. But they're 5-5 in their last 10 as well. So when I say struggling, I mean like they're not 3-9, 2-8, like the Magic and Pistons. They're working their way back up to the top. You would expect the Boston Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks to get back up there too. But, but, You gotta pay attention to the point differential. The Hawks do not have a positive point differential. Not by a lot, it's by four. So, you know, the ball bounces this and that way. Maybe they win a few more games. But the cream should and will rise to the top. And right now, the Wizards plus 4.3. 4.3 the bulls plus 7.2 the 76ers plus 5.8 and the heat at plus 7.5 you got the nets mixed in there the nets excuse me mixed in there at plus 3.2 that point differential you will see how that plays into it as the season progresses those that increase get better and if you don't believe me those that get worse the teams with the worst differential are in last place and second to last. The Magic and Pistons at 9.4 and 10.3, respectively. In the bottom of the West, the Rockets and the Pelicans at minus 7.5 and minus 11.4, respectively. Oklahoma City Thunder are four and six. Their plus minus is minus 7.4 in point differential, but a couple of those You know, wins over the Lakers, which was surprising. But just keep an eye on it. A player I want you to keep an eye on is Nikola Jokic. Not just because he's an NBA MVP. But the dust up, if you will, with with Keith Morris, former Washington Wizard. It isn't that in my mind, it's not about who was right or who was wrong. I think that, yes, it was a cheap shot by Keith Morris. It was. And I think that, you know, Nikola said, yo, I'm not I'm not going to allow you to push me around. Nikola Jokic was suspended a game. Keith Morris was fine, 50K. Jimmy Butler was also fine. I mean, this is getting out of control with the brothers of Nikola Jokic and Marcus Morris. Now they're going at it. It was all dirty. Nikola Jokic saying he feels really bad about how far back Keith Morris's head snapped back. He said it was a stupid play. He said, I'm not supposed to react that way. Obviously he was upset about the hard foul, which yeah, players make hard fouls. But here's where it gets different. Nikola Jokic is developing a pattern. And the pattern I talk about was in last year's playoffs. Do you remember in the Suns game when Nikola Jokic was ejected from the game after the Suns were about to eliminate him in the third quarter. The hard foul on Cameron Payne. Something's a little not right with the reigning NBA MVP. Now, maybe it's similar to how Shaq would say he would get tired of getting You know, the little guy's fouling him hard and thinking that's okay because he's a big dude. But I think there's something to this. And I think Denver's got to figure it out. Mike Malone has to be able to say, hey, you got to keep your cool. We can't have you being ejected from games. Now, granted, in this instance, where he was ejected this season, isn't that big a deal, was the end of the game. Denver was gonna win. But in the playoffs, in the third quarter of an elimination game, yeah, you were down, but you don't know what was gonna happen in the fourth quarter. That's a problem. And mark my words, that it may rear its ugly head at the wrong time again for Nikola Jokic because this is not a one-time thing anymore. It's just not. He's got to keep his cool. Speaking of keep your cool, three former Phoenix Suns employees received messages from Twitter or Instagram from Robert Sarver's wife, Penny Sarver. Penny Sarver saying, quote, over the weekend, I decided on my own to reach out to a few people to try to set the record straight and to share how disappointed and hurt I am by the lies that are circulating about my husband and the son's organization. I share the betrayal that I felt and I touched on some of the pain that we are going through as a family. Any suggestion that I try to intimidate anyone is as silly as it is wrong and outrageous, end quote. Now, I was listening to the NBA exchange with Dexter Henry And he had his guy, Gerard, on. And I'll give you this. I like what Gerard said that, yo, from a mom and a wife perspective, yeah, maybe you're trying to protect your family. But from a legal perspective, just don't do it. Just don't do it. One of the messages said, quote, this is Penny Harver, Sarver, excuse me. This is Penny Sarver. I know a lot of bridges were burned between you and Robert and you are very bitter. I wanted to remind you that there are real lives at stake here. The message went on to say, please put your hatred aside and realize the hurt you are causing by spreading lies and fabrications. Is your time in the spotlight that important? If something happens to one of my children, I will hold you and Earl Watson personally responsible. Think about your own children for a second and imagine the table's turn, end quote. I mean, calling people liars and threatening them. I mean, first of all, it's tough. It's tough to be a millionaire or however much money Robert Sarver has. And for anybody to feel sorry for him and the family and Miss Penny Sarver as human beings. We're all human here. Doesn't matter how much money you got. Well, I mean, that does play into who you are as a human. But I think in this case, this is difficult. I can only imagine how difficult it is to be, to... I, I feel like as much as where they were talking about the NBA exchange about understanding both sides, if you're Penny Sarver, well, one, you shouldn't have sent the messages, but I wonder if she understands both sides of it. If you're a head coach or an employee of the team, you want to keep your job. So if you were to speak out, yeah, you probably aren't going to be working there anymore if you were speaking out when it happened, what Charles Barkley talked about as well. That like, yo, you got to speak up when it happens. That's not easy for everyone to do. Trust me, I know. It's not easy. For us as minorities, for you as an employee, I'm just trying to hold on to my job. Non-minorities as well. If you hear the owner of the team saying something crazy, that's not easy, and it's unfortunate because it just muddies the waters. And I, I, it's hard not to think that someone who has experienced that one, it would be hard for them to speak up when it is happening when you know your job is at stake, when you know that the second you say something, this is the end of your existence with that organization. Whether there's a right to work and they're just like, okay, bye, you're not working here anymore. Or there's a slow burn of intimidation. And, you know, not letting you do your job as much anymore replacing you with someone else with more senior response with the senior responsibilities and all of a sudden you find yourself on the outs it's not easy to speak up so the people are speaking up now maybe some are within the sun's organization still who know things too and like oh I'm not saying anything it doesn't mean that all employees need to speak up either some may have not experienced it And so again, there's an ostracizing there where it's just like, hey, I don't know. You know, Shaq was talking on TNT. I played for a year and a half with the Suns, but I never experienced anything. Now I understand a player or coach is different, but the bottom line is they're just stating a fact. I never experienced it. But it's very difficult for the people that did experience it because you know that once you say something, your future is at stake. Your livelihood is at stake. And I hope they're able to work this out. I hope that this comes to a resolution that for the people who were the victims and also for the people for the ownership group, you work it out. Just work it out. All right. It's time for me to work out my gut check picks for this NFL season. Whatever will I do? Whatever will I do? I am not understanding what has happened over the last two weeks. Well, I mean, I am understanding it, but I do find it quite interesting that over the last two weeks, what, more than half of the underdogs have won outright? It's been a wild two weeks in the NFL. It truly has. And when I look at this upcoming schedule, I feel like we could be looking at uh, more of the same. Don't you ever feel like you don't know who's gonna do what? Because we've reached that. We're at the midway point of the season. I know there's some teams that still are, need to play their eighth game. I sort of do my my fantasy pick soon. But the big news of the day is Cam Newton is returning to the Carolina Panthers. You gotta play by Matt's rules. Matt Rule is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. But even that alone, I wonder what that does for a a player, for a team. It could be a really positive thing for the team. Give them a little bit of a jolt. Now tonight's game, we've got the Ravens at the Dolphins. The first thing I think about when I think of the Ravens at the Dolphins is not about what happened is gonna happen tonight. But what happened this past week with the Buffalo Bills Losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars 6-9. to nine. And it got me to thinking, could this be a trap game? A short week? Granted, it's a short week for Baltimore and Miami. And I understand they're not Jacksonville. But just thinking of it as a team that you are not giving enough respect to as being a professional football team and thinking, oh no, we can we we'll crush them. Uh we don't even need to show up. Well, you gotta show up. Shouldn't disrespect the Baltimore Ravens like that, but come on, as players, you probably you probably take them a little lightly. Like, yeah. It's the Dolphins. they're not really good. We can beat them easily. I think that the Ravens offense is dynamic. I think Lamar Jackson is by far um I can't even I I can't even uh steal this listening to uh, another podcast that said Lamar Jackson is like the Shohei Otani because he's the ninth-rate best quarterback in the NFL in passing yards and the sixth-best running back in rushing yards. He's dynamic. He is truly doing something That you just, I mean, I don't want to say you haven't seen it since Michael Vick. So it's not 100% Shohei Otani. I think that's just the more recent, a guy who can pitch and hit. But I think we haven't seen the likes of a quarterback like this since I would say since Michael Vick. That's what I would say. So let's start with my gut check picks with the Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. Here we go. Baltimore Ravens are favored at minus seven and a half. I am going to take the Ravens at seven and a half. We've got the Detroit Lions at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they did not play well last week when they should have crushed the Bears. They escaped with a win at home, though, on Monday Night Football. And I expect them to get a win on Sunday at one o'clock as well. But... They're favored at minus eight. I don't know. I don't know if I could take that over the Lions. Who are you kidding? Yes, I can. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers at minus eight over the Detroit Lions. They better not sleep. They better not take them too lightly. They already almost learned a hard lesson last weekend. The Buffalo Bills are favored at minus 11 at the New York Jets. What happened with the Buffalo Bills last week? I have no idea how they could possibly lose. Not only did they lose to Jacksonville, but the fact that they only scored six points. It wasn't like Jacksonville, all of a sudden, they were just playing great. I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. And so how do I pick? this game the bills at the jets what kind of bills team are we going to get but the jets they let me down so much in their game on thursday night that i'm going to go with the bills at minus 11 to bounce back buccaneers at the washington football team how the washington football team hosted a playoff game last year i'll never know over the bucks that was bizarre but I am going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at minus nine to win at Washington. That football, that defense is not what it should be. The Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored at minus eight. I Again, did you expect last week the Denver Broncos to crush the Dallas Cowboys the way that they did? I did not. I don't know how that happened, I'm gonna take the Falcons at plus eight in that game. The Browns at the Patriots. The Patriots are favored at minus two and a half. The Browns are playing well, but they're going up against Bill Belichick's defense and maybe a slightly better offense, not versus a Tom Brady offense, but an upgrade from last year with Cam Newton. The Browns plus two and a half. I'm gonna take the Browns. On the road, Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. The way the Indianapolis Colts dispatch of the Jets, I'm gonna take the Indianapolis Colts at minus 10 to win that game. I just, I just couldn't believe how well the Colts played last week. They looked really good. Saints at the Tennessee Titans. Now this is a tough game. The Titans, I thought they played very well last week considering no one expected them against the Rams without Derrick Henry in the backfield to not just win, but win as handily as they did. That was the part that shocked me. You didn't expect Tennessee Titans to beat the Rams on the road 28-16. And that game in my mind wasn't even that close. It was not that close. But in this game against the Saints, you don't know what you're gonna get between Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. I'm going to take the Titans, though, at minus two and a half. Carolina Panthers at the Arizona Cardinals. Who will we have at quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals? Can Cam Newton, coming back to the Carolina Panthers, infuse some sort of rejuvenation into the just, just being in the locker room? Not necessarily like he's going to be on the field as a starting quarterback. But I'm gonna go ahead and take the Arizona Cardinals at minus 10 and a half. The Vikings at the Chargers. The Vikings have lost some heartbreaking games. I know it's been tough for them. I mean, the Vikings can't win a game. But, well, I mean, they can win a game. But whenever I think, oh, okay, They can do it. They can't do it. They've lost two in a row. They're three and five. The Chargers are five and three. Three and one on the road, only two and two at home. Boy, that plot, you know, you want to talk about that differential. The Vikings, the differential is plus three. All close games. They've scored 194 points. They've lost 191. The Chargers have played some close, c- close games too. Their differential is minus two. So who do I take in this game with the Chargers minus three? I'm going to go with the Chargers at home. Eagles at the Broncos. A lot, another close game. Most of these games are closer Then I feel like I've seen all season. That you feel like you don't know what you're gonna get. You've got the Eagles at three and six. The Broncos look good, they're five and four. They have a plus 34 differential, they won two in a row. I'm gonna take the Denver Broncos at minus three. At home. Seahawks at the Packers. Who's the quarterback? Well, we know. I mean, is there a chance Russell Wilson can play? Will Aaron Rodgers be on the sidelines? Will he be under center? Kind of remains to be seen. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers at minus three. I think that's the better play here. They're at home. I don't really know what Seattle's got to bring. I really don't. The Chiefs at the Raiders. The Chiefs are favored at minus two and a half. I don't know what to think of the Chiefs. Last week's game was the lowest scoring game I I, I ever thought I would see out of the Chiefs. I mean, that game was a dud. 13-7 to against Green Bay. Granted, it was Jordan Love on Green Bay, but the offense for the Chiefs was pretty much the same. I think I'm going to take the Raiders at plus 2.5. Monday night, we've got the Rams at the 49ers. Again, another close... Game The Rams are favored. Three and a half is not a lot of points. Don't quite know who the 49ers will be. What kind of team you will expect. But I'm sure many would say that they have underachieved at three and five. The Rams are seven and two. I am going to take the San Francisco 49ers at plus three and a half. Their defense has not been good. You know what? The tough thing for me is, man, last time I took the 49ers, uh, boy, that's a tough one. Gut check, gut check. Uh, Rams, I'm going Rams, not 49ers. And those are my picks. I've got the Ravens minus seven and a half at the Dolphins to win. Or to cover, I got the Steelers at minus eight against the Lions. It's in it's in Pittsburgh. I got the Buffalo's to win at the Jets at minus eleven. I got the Buccaneers at Washington Football Team at minus nine. I I've got the Falcons at the Cowboys at plus eight. I got the Browns at the Patriots at plus two and a half. I got the Colts hosting the Jaguars at minus ten. I got the Titans hosting the Saints at minus two and a half as a favorite. Taking the favorite and the Cardinals at minus 10 and a half over the Panthers at home. I've got the, excuse me, the Cardinals are at home, just if there was any confusion with what I was saying. Chargers at home, I'm taking them as a favorite at minus three over the Vikings. Broncos at home hosting the Eagles, I'll take them as a favorite at minus two and a half. I got the Packers at home against the Seahawks, I'm taking the Packers at minus three. I got the Chiefs at the Raiders. But the Raiders are underdogs. I'm taking the underdog at plus two and a half. And the Rams at the 49ers. The Rams are favored on the road at San Francisco. I'm taking the Rams at minus three and a half. And there you have it. My gut check picks for week 10 in the NFL. Hopefully I'll bounce back. Only went 500 last week. That's rare. Hope you have a good weekend and enjoy your sports. Make sure you check out the propshq.com. For more uh, insightful information on how to make you help you make better bets, and at one o'clock, Dexter and myself will be calling the Steelers game, Steelers Lions game at one o'clock on Sunday on the Colorcast app. Check us out. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now.